welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm your host, Joe Sanagato. I'm your host, Greg Dybeck. Just to remind everyone, we do have a Patreon, so you can help support the show. It only costs a dollar. You can go to patreon.com slash OPL show. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There's some cool stuff there, like bonus episodes and follow-ups with some of our guests. So check that out. Also, check us out on Instagram at OPL Podcast. Uh, we have clips from every episode moving forward. Uh, so you get an idea. You get that on Instagram as well. Um but yeah, anyway, today we're going to be talking to a correctional officer, also known as like a prison guard. Right, right, the prison guard. A very underappreciated job, I'd say. I'd say Probably a like tough Probably like one job. of the top ones. Tough, too. I watch a lot of like jail Netflix stuff. Yeah, and it's addicting. I'm like, yo, those guys are just like, they got to deal with that shit. They're all outnumbered the all the time, which is crazy. Yeah. Like it's at, scary. if a prison riot happens at any time, you, you're fucked. You're the first ones they're going after, right? Yeah, I guess. It's, they pretty much. I I feel like I mean from what I've seen, it it feels like they blame the COs for like everything. Like oh, like they're keeping them in there. It's like dude, I just fucking work here. Like I'm not the judge. I didn't like right, make right. you come but here. But to the prisoners, they're kind of the face of the institution. Not right. And it's know? unfortunate, but it's like I'm know. sure some prisoners are cool with some CEOs cuz oh, I feel yeah, like to be a CEO, you have to It's like it's a mind game too, right? Mm-hmm. Of just kind of that back and forth with prisoners staying on their good side almost yeah. like maybe being a friend where you can be. I'm just making up everything about this. Yeah, I, you, I have no clue. <laughs> but I do want to ask <laughs> Because it's a little off topic. Oh no! But you know, before we get before we talk to this guy, yeah, prison. Do you have like a prison fantasy? Okay, what the fuck does that mean? No. <laughs> what do you mean a prison fantasy? Maybe that's not the right term, but like, not fantasy in like the good sense. But I feel like everyone runs through a scenario in their mind of if like, I was in prison. Like, there's still even this might be high, but there's like one percent, maybe point five, maybe point two percent of me that's like ready and prepared like i might be in prison one day right like it could just happen to anyone you never know sure do you ever think about what that would be like um oh yeah of course i mean i like i said i watch all those shows so it's like does part of you think about it want to experience it for like absolutely not okay no no part of me wants to experience it it's more so like um it's kind of like what night the night of that like show that came out yeah, on like yeah, HBO yeah. or whatever where you're kinda of like, all right, this dude went in a certain type of person and came out a different guy. Right. I feel that would be the same for me. So that's my question is like what <laughs> what do you see yourself becoming? Um like would you Okay, let me set an actual scenario. Okay. Prison, first day. Yeah. You get handed your new clothes, you yep. do all this, you're walking down, you know, everyone's yelling at yeah. you, you get settled, you have your bed that whole thing mm-hmm. maybe it's the first day of you know your first day there you go you sit down for lunch you sit at a table by yourself you're on the corner you're just minding your own business you know you're you're a pretty pale guy so skinhead comes up to you yeah you know how's it going buddy that's my biggest fear about prison is that you? i would i would kind of have to be forced into like i'm i mean this is obviously i have no idea but from what it how it goes is usually like if you're a white dude you have to like go with your own race because they'll watch your back and like whatever it seems You're not like accepted that's the dynamics by, yeah and like i don't you know i don't want to do but this but what would you do like you now like you haven't even had a chance to like work out in the the gym prison so you're probably a small guy walking into prison this guy comes up to you maybe it's like hey come sit with us maybe that's all they say hey just come have lunch with us mm-hmm. you see you look there's some cool guys with some tattoos what do you do your first day literally like your mindset now i don't, I don't know i i honestly i, I don't know like because i i know i don't have it in me to like do shit for some aryan fucking leader and be like yo go stab this dude i'd be like bro i'm not like i'm not that dude so do you just say no thanks and brush it off and then i'll probably get my ass whooped after that yeah probably i don't know i don't know how that happens. i honestly think that it would be uh it's a hard balance between like you have to find out what you can and can't get away with and who's who so the first day obviously be tough and i would try to just like keep to myself as much as possible and maybe that's like just the thing we see on. i always think about too like if it gets really bad then i would just have to like do something that would get me a lot of uh like 
like segregated from everyone and be by yourself for 23 hours a day but i also think that would drive me insane just throw you in the hole for yeah. like being psycho like biting someone's ear off yeah or something. something like that like i feel like i would have to do that just because like I, I would be too afraid of like deal like i don't know so man. you're not going in and like finding the biggest guy and punching him right no nah, i know that's a strategy but at the same time i'm like i know i can't let this dude do that you know what i'm saying so it's like all right i just have to like take my ass whooping right now i guess so which is fine i don't mind taking an ass whoop. i could take an ass whooping like every day if i had to you know i just don't want to get stabbed <laughs> like you know what i'm saying <laughs> just is- the psychology and the mind games behind that even if like you just grew up on the streets and you're tough and maybe you're like more prepared for prison than the average person yeah like just the mind games of like every decision you make it's like a survival game or something yeah, it's it like is. every decision you make leads to some other path but I, I don't know. We might just be hyping this up, and that's kind of like the movie aspect of all this. Maybe well, it is easy to keep a, to yourself. A lot I don't of know. a lot of the stuff that I watch too is is based on actual prison and yeah. like you know. Well, those the types real of stuff. stories. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like you know. I'm assuming. Well, from what I've seen, it's not every day where it's like, yo, there's a riot every day, and there's yeah. a stabbing, and it's like this and that. But it's like, yo, there's just certain things that you just can't. I don't know, man. I would walk in first day and like anyone who talked to me, I would be like, yeah, I'll do your homework for you. Like, let's get you a degree. I'll read the books. I'll take the test. I was like, try to be that guy. Oh, try to be the teacher. (laughs) Or just like, you know, like, let me help everyone out a little bit, but just like, leave me alone at the same time. I feel like that's how you get taken advantage of though. That's how I end up in a relationship real fast. Probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I can't go down like that. I I honestly, I know for a fact if I went to prison, I would get my ass whooped like within the first three days because I would just be so on edge. And so like, you can't let anyone bitch you out to the point where I'd probably disrespect Take it the to wrong, the extreme. Yeah, I'd probably disrespect the wrong person and get my ass whooped and like probably put in like the ICU <laughs> or something. Like I can't. I don't know, man. And the food, uh, it's probably not up to my standards. least of my worries, bro. I, I don't That's, give a fuck about the food. It's a big worry for me. Uh, yeah, I know you. You're like, oh, we got to eat healthy. Is this healthy? Is this uh, (laughs) gluten-free? Nah, man. I don't know. But anyway, that's... uh, Obviously, we don't know anything (laughs) about prison. We've never been there. I never visited, like, anyone in prison either. Uh, But it's funny because, like, so many people, I'm sure it's not just us. I called it prison fantasy, which sounds a little weird and sexual. But, like, people have these thoughts. I feel like this is a conversation that a lot of people have for fun, knowing that, all right, hopefully they'll never end up in prison. You can yeah. kind of talk about these things. So like to now get an inside look from, you know, the CEO, a prison guard, someone who sees it every day uh, is going to be super interesting. It's like yeah. the safest way to visit a prison, talking to this guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give him a call. Hey, what's up, man? Joe here. Uh, so first question we kind of wanted to go over, uh, we kind of talked about how you were like a CEO and everything. Uh, I'm just kind of curious of, you know, what the day-to-day is like for you. So you go in, like, what are your duties and what is kind of like every day? So every day, um, every day starts out with a head count, make sure everybody's there. Uh, depending on if I'm doing day shift or night shift, uh, day shift, I pass out medications, which there's usually a lot. Um, and then we pass out breakfast. And really just kind of let them sleep that off afterwards Hmm. until they wake up and they start asking us millions and millions of questions. (laughs) (laughs) And most questions are, have nothing to do with anything. Uh, Just like the other day I got asked, which, which turtle, which Ninja turtle wears the red eye mask? I feel like that would be a test. Like, how do you answer that? I, I asked, I, my answer is if it's jail related, I will answer your question. If not, uh, put it on a request slip. <laughs> so do you try to like keep a, a professional relationship and not really get to attach to anybody? Like I'm not your friend. I'm kind of like an authoritative figure here. Right. So I, my, my biggest thing and, and what I tell a lot of people is don't be a dick, but be polite, be respectful, because you're going to get a lot further with people that way. Um, if you're if you're just an asshole to them all the time, they're 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 just going to make your entire twelve hour shift horrible. Hmm. 
And there's almost nothing you can do about it, I feel like, you know, in they're, terms of pretty, just like verbal abuse or the, the things that could happen to you. Right. We get we get verbally abused every day and we just got to sit there and take it. And there's some people that can't take it. And usually that re- results in termination. Um, yeah, you can't retaliate. Um, you got to maintain a professional manner all the time. Yeah. No. So obviously we definitely want to get into, you know, some details, some stories. I think we, we were saying in the intro, we're excited because of course, just the idea of prison is so foreign to us. Like we right. see movies, we see TV shows. We are just asking each other, like, what would you do on your first day? <laughs> Obviously we have no idea, uh, but it is so interesting to people. And in your email, you reached out and you said, you know, you kind of got the idea to reach out to us because you heard the uh, 911 uh, dispatcher episode. And yeah. I think this kind of fits into that category of super underappreciated jobs. And it just does not really cross people's minds that every day someone like you goes to prison on purpose, you know, to, right. to as your yeah. as your job, 12 hour shifts, like you said. So I guess, uh, you know, before we kind of go more into the, the day to day and some of your experiences, how do you how did you get into being a corrections off uh, correctional officer and what, what's that process like? I think uh, for a lot of people, we get into this job the same way and it's to gain some experience in a law enforcement setting to go on the road, to be a police officer, deputy sheriff, state trooper, something like that. And uh, for me, that's, that's kind of where I started with my mindset. I wanted to not just learn how to talk, to people but also handle situations where somebody's combative and just kind of see how i dealt with that situation um and i just actually kind of learned to love the job i i still don't know how that happened but (laughs) i i just kind of stuck with it and uh there's a lot of opportunities that can be had in that job um moving up the chain of command uh getting started into it you don't have to have any college experience uh any any type of college or anything like that or experience um just put in an application and within i think the first year they have to send you to the academy Hmm. uh the academy is usually four to five weeks long depending on where you're at i've been through two of them and i would not say that they are incredibly hard but they're not a they're not a cakewalk either you you learn a lot you're too most valuable classes that you're going to learn in the academy is POSC, which is principles of subject control. And that's your use of force. And you're going to learn professional communications. Um, Because anytime you go into a situation, you're using professional communications every day. And for me, I know when somebody, when I, when my dispatchers tell me you got PD bringing a guy in who's combative, I, I love that thrill. Like I'm, I'm ready to go, but I'm always going to try to use my professional communications to talk somebody down and it'll work most of the time. But when it doesn't work, let the fun begin. (laughs) (laughs) So I I like that honesty. And I I think that was a question that we had was, you know, part of this job has to be that thrill of confrontation in a way, right? Like it's just not an environment that everyone can handle. And that's not to say you're using excessive force or picking fights. Obviously, I mean, you'll lose your job, but, uh, that's interesting. There's, there's definitely an aspect where, you know, it's in a way that confrontation can be exciting. Well, I feel like it's like an adrenaline rush too. Like even when, if you're at a bar and a a fight like breaks out behind you immediately, you get this rush and you're like, yo, yeah. Like, I got to yeah. be ready right now, you know? Like, you start walking around like you're ready to yeah, go. Yeah, you're like, all right, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that adrenaline rush definitely kicks in. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I love it. I love that adrenaline rush. Do you remember your was, your first day uh, on the job? Were you nervous or like, day, what, what was going on? My first day on the job, I did not know what to expect. There's uh, The first day was just an observation period. You come in plain clothes, you go into a control pod, and you don't leave that control pod. You just kind of watch and see what happens. And um, my very, very first day was at the Department of Corrections in Pennsylvania in a county facility. And we were working the SHU, which is a secured housing unit. It's a disciplinary block. And within the first 20 minutes, uh, they op- it was night shift. They open up 
two cells for guys to take showers and they just started swinging at each other and from that point on i was like this is this is the job for me wow that was <laughs> the first day the first 20 minutes very first day it was it was awesome so so what do you do in that situation especially on your first day i mean what what is the ceo's job if okay sales open brawl immediately breaks out what do you do right so when when uh well, I wanted to go in, but I, I couldn't. Well, we know that. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, you, you automatically call for backup, inmates fighting, and you never go into that block by yourself. They will always tell you that. They will drill that into you. Never go into any situation, whether it's a medical emergency or a fight, never go in there by yourself because you don't know if it could be a setup situation that they want to take you hostage. Mm. And hostage situations are rare. But they do happen, and you just you always want to have a position of advantage. So you always wait for even if you walk past a cell and you see a guy hanging, you got to wait for backup to get there because you you don't know what really could be going on. Wow. Wow. So so even if someone is like has committed suicide in their cell, you still have to wait for someone to even go in there and try to like help. I guess. Right, and the way. The way it's usually set up, I mean, you have response there in seconds. So, yeah, you know, it's you just you, you really want to make sure, especially if they're fighting, let them beat the hell out of each other. As long as you don't go in there and get the hell beat out of you. Right. You, know, you want to make sure that you're safe. Yeah. No, it seems smart that it's not something where you really deviate from the protocol too much. Right. So uh, it's like... How many officers are in charge of how many prisoners, would you say? Because I have watched like cer- certain shows where it's like, all right, we got two guards for like a hundred inmates. Like, is it, is it some crazy ratio like that? Yep. That's about right. Jeez. Yeah. We're always outnumbered. So, I mean, what is like, I'm just trying to think of what is the mindset? <laughs> it's like, yo, I'm completely outnumbered. Yeah. And that's, that's, part of the reason why i say don't go in there and be a dick officer because you know if they if they like you they respect you they get along with you you're gonna get compliance with if you're outnumbered by 50 so yeah well is it and you, no go ahead i was just gonna say and usually if uh if you are nice to them and polite to them and treat them with respect um and there is a situation where you're attacked most of the times the inmates will have your back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Are there relationships that form? I, I know you kind of have to keep the communication professional, but are there, you know, like, do you have favorite inmates or do you have inside jokes? Like, does that rapport kind of just develop naturally? It does. It does. I wouldn't say like I have favorite inmates. I, I have inmates that I would much rather deal with than others. Um, I do treat everybody the same. I have in the facility I'm at right now, I have a cousin in there and I, I treat him the same way I treat everybody else. I don't want, I don't want them. I don't want other inmates to think that I treat somebody like a favorite because then they're going to start kind of having a little bit of anger towards me because Mm -hmm. I treat this person different. So, yeah, that would cause a little bit of a riff. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to do. I just like really always having that neutral stance. I think uh, it's tough because especially in that situation where you, I'm sure you still want to be personable. You still want to have relationships to an extent. Um, right. That's definitely right. tough. But wow. You said your cousin is in the facility as an inmate where you work. Yeah. Yeah. He, he actually comes in quite often. So <laughs> kind of used to it. For him, he's he, it seems like he's kind of, and we have a lot of people like this. We refer, refer, ah, excuse me, we refer to them as doing life on the installment plan, <laughs> and they just it's to them it's another home, and it's it's sad that there's so many people out there that are like that that they're they're totally fine with going to jail, going to prison. Hmm. I try, you know, I for me, I don't like I said, I don't try to be a dick to these guys, but there's only one generally one type of person that comes in that I kind of, I might be a little bit of a dick to. And that's like the first timer, especially you can tell some of them, like when they come in first time DUI, totally scared. And in Wisconsin, Wisconsin's the only state where 
first time DUI is not a criminal offense and you can get booked and released on that. Mm. So usually when they come in, if they look a little bit scared, I'll, I'll, I'll be more of that fear factor mm-hmm. just so you think twice before doing it again, you know, doing it again, yeah. which is a tactic, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's referred to as a department of corrections, but we really don't do much to correct. I would say, um, as far as the officers go, it's really just trying to remove them from society and taking these freedoms away and hoping that that will correct them. And they don't make them realize that they don't want those freedoms taken away and they'll never come back. But it's so rare that that actually happens. I was going to ask, do you actually think that prison is rehabilitating? Uh, me personally, I don't, it's, we, there's so many, I, I would say for the most part, I think it can be if they want it to be rehabilitating. Mm-hmm. It depends but, who, like how, who the person is coming into it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which explains why you would, you know, be harder on the people who came in for like a DUI say, and be like, all right, I'm going to be hard on this guy because if he comes in and it's no big deal, then he probably wouldn't think twice about mm. getting behind the wheel and like being drunk again, you know. But if you right. make his life a little hell for however long he's there, then it's like, all right, I'm never fucking doing that again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'll throw him in a holding cell for a little bit and let him see what it's like to be in there without, you know, you're you're three feet away from your toilet, and that's that's kind of your life oh. when you're in there. So. Okay. <laughs> this is a side note. How does that work with the toilet? Like. Is it true if you have a toilet and there's two inmates in one cell, like you just got to go, you just do it? Yep. That's kind of crazy to think about. I don't think that's like even nearly close to the top of my like problems list. (laughs) Okay. If we were in this room. Dude, I'll take a shit right here. Like on this chair. Yeah. Like in my pants. Like I have no problem with that. Like that's, (laughs) that's, that's not the issue. I've never farted in front of my girlfriend. Yo, you're going to have a rough time. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) One of my questions is because, you know, I'm I'm one of these people on Netflix. Like I watch uh, all these like jail shows just because I don't know. I find it oddly fascinating. I'm just like, I want to get into the mind of someone who, especially like repeat offenders who are like, I've been here. Yes, it's a horrible place, but I just can't stop. And like, that just like is interesting to me. But, um, you know, when you, when you hear the word prison and you talk about jail, whatever, um, you know, violence is something that is like hammered into your head. How many, like how violent is it actually? Is it a little blown out of proportion or is it like, nah, dude, like every day there's shit going down and it's like, it's really terrible. Right. Well, I mean, so according to the Bureau of Justice statistics, and I was only able to get 2012 because I could not get back onto the site, but um, just to kind of like, there's, a little over 5,000 plus jails, 2.3 million inmates. And in 2012 alone, there was 347,000 reported rapes and violent sexual assaults and just over 996,000 aggravated assaults in the U.S. prison system alone. So it it does happen a lot. Hmm. There's, there's certain facilities like prisons uh, where it happens every day. Um, my facility is a county facility. It's a bit smaller. We we have generally between 50 to 60 inmates. And uh, it doesn't happen every day, but it happens often. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes they're nothing more than a couple punches. And then there's, and I've seen a guy who got cut with a razor blade and just blood everywhere. So, I mean, I would say that it, it definitely, I don't think it's blown out of proportion. I think they, you know, especially those shows, they, they only show those. They don't really show what happens on a good day. Right. So. It would make for yeah. good television, I guess. Well, of course. <laughs> well, what are, what are some positives? Like what, what's a good day in jail? Like, is it just that there were no incidents or have, has there anything, has there been anything that was almost like. I don't know, surprising to you in terms of, I don't know, like interactions with inmates or just something that you didn't expect that you would take away as a positive? Um, Yeah, well, I mean, we don't get really get thanked a lot because, you know, 
who's going to thank us for holding them captive for six months? Yeah. But I, I have had a few people say, hey, I just want to thank you for being, you know, cool to me and, you know, not treat me like a piece of shit. Because, I mean, in my opinion, most of the inmates that I deal with are good people. They just got caught up in a bad place, mm-hmm. especially yeah. when it comes to a drug problem, because, you know, it's hard to get out of that. But um, like surprising days for me would be no bookings coming in and nobody calling me an asshole yeah. <laughs> um okay at least i feel comfortable touching on the positive now we can get back to the uh, <laughs> so being called called an asshole that's one example what are what are some of the things that you've been called that you've heard that you know were either shocking to you or not shocking um well i have had my family threatened before mm. um and i've actually had that happen quite a few times they used to call me Pumpkin. I never knew where that came from. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones wearing the orange. Yeah. You know, it should have been the other way around. But Now, are you allowed to say a comeback like that or no? You're professional enough to just keep it to yourself. Yeah, I got I got to be professional enough to keep it to myself. So that's a good comeback. There are so many times I've wanted to say something. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, keep my mouth shut. What's like... so? You said that you've seen people like, you know, with razors and like getting cut and stuff like that. Yep. How are they like get, cause I'm always thinking about that. Like, how are they getting these razors in there? And it's like, if we know enough that we can put it into like movies and TV shows of like, oh, you got to hide it here or put it here, like there, like how are they still coming up with ways and getting by like all these like security, uh, checks you know what i mean so like what right. how how are they getting things in is it like the visitors or are they like still crafting in their sh- in their uh, cells inmates are very good at getting a hold of anything they can find um you know we have outside detail inside detail guys that come and clean the facilities empty the trash cans and they can get stuff out of the trash cans i've seen i've seen it where they've taken chewing tobacco that an officer threw into a garbage can and they take it out, dry it out and smoke it. And I don't suggest doing that. By <laughs> the way. <laughs> and, uh, but as far as razors go, we have to provide them with, with a razor. They don't keep it. Uh, they use it and return it. However, they've gotten good at, at, uh, breaking them open and they can get commissary so they can get like Dorito chip bags and stuff like that. And they can cut out that Dorito chip bag. So it's the shiny part, put that in where the razor was. And it almost looks like the razor is still there. You have to break it apart in order to know that it's not actually a razor or look at it really close. And if there's an officer that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing and checking that razor out when they get it returned now that inmate has a razor and what they'll do is they'll take it and they can put it in a comb because we give them combs and it may not be the best slashing device but it it does the job Mm. so then we try doing uh letting them get electric razor like battery operated razors off a commissary I'll tell you what, I've seen some of the best tattoo guns made out of that. Mm. <laughs> Dude, are these are the most crafty people. No, in the, world. It, it, <laughs> the creativity oh, that goes into it, it, it act that like gives me faith in like humanity. Like if you're in survival <laughs> mode or you just need to figure something out, like oh, where you're How bad do you need a tattoo? It's <laughs> well, also why I don't eat Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's why you don't eat them. I would never even like think to do that stuff, but it's, I guess it's like when you have 23 hours. Well, when, yeah, when you're in that position of, yeah, exactly. So much free time, I would imagine. And anything, if it just feels like survival, I mean, we go through our days and we never have the feeling of like must survive. Like Mm -hmm. those moments are so rare for us, but if that's kind of your everyday, you're going to come up with some stuff. MacGyver. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, my other thrill with that is, finding these objects because we do cell searches every day so like i for me i just i love because i used to be uh when i was in pennsylvania i was on the emergency response team so we did a lot of shakedowns and we 
So all we did was look for contraband, look for edged weapons, and I love that. Is Looking that when for, the guys uh, get like suited up and like yep. the train of just like giant guys with like shields just <laughs> takes over? So yep. that's one of like the scariest sights. It's <laughs> the insane. Yeah. So you like a, a SWAT team that doesn't have a gun. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go in there, like, what are some uh, spots where people usually uh, hide things? Uh, okay, so in the mattress is a common one, but for the most part, they like to hide them in a common area, so like the day room, because if you find it, let's just say you find a, an edged weapon, you can't pin it on anybody. Right. So under the tables, under the benches, uh, the toilets kind of have a little cubby hole area that if you're not, if you don't really know about it, you'll never know it's there. Um, as far as like, cause we have work release guys and they come back and they like to hide stuff. You can only imagine where. Yeah. Um, and that's a real treat when you find that one. <laughs> I'm guessing you found a few. I found I found my fair share, yes. <laughs> and oh, it's man. it's creative. I mean, okay, so I'll just put it out there. They take a a little baggie, wrap it real tight with electrical tape, lube it up, and and there it goes. Yep. And uh, most of the times, when you tell them when you when you bring them in, you got to do a strip search. You tell them squat and cough. Most of the times, it's not going to come out. Yeah. How, Unless, do you have, do you have to dig? <laughs> You, you gotta you just gotta sit on the toilet for a while and oh, let it okay. kind of come out like you know normally would but uh i did have one guy where he he shoved way too much up there oh god and when i said squat and cough it was the first and only time i've ever seen something come out and there was there was nine eggs of tobacco synthetic marijuana we call them eggs because they kind of look like an egg yeah. And uh especially the way they come out. <laughs> exactly. Uh and uh there was some heroin in there, so Wow. I would what, what would never... someone get for heroin in, in, in prison? I mean it's expensive out here. Like I, feel I can't like you're imagine notes over there. Just <laughs> right. So a lot of times they're gonna tell their family to put money on somebody else's account. Right. So Is that against the law for someone else too if they say, Hey, put put money on this guy's account are they technically an accessory to some sort of crime for the most part no because we can't really prove that all they said was put the money on somebody else's account they can anybody can put money on anybody's account so um and most of the times they might not even know why they're putting it on somebody else's account mm -hmm. um other times it's just they'll They'll give you their trays, their lunch tray, supper tray, or they'll buy you a bunch of commissary. And so usually if I see one guy with a lot of commissary and he never orders it, I usually know that's that's the one I got to keep an eye on. Right. What do you do? Is it like more shakedowns of that person or, or how do you, you know, I know you can't, I don't know if you can just like assume and search them more frequently. How does that work? Well, I can't single anybody out. So yeah. Um, I kind of wait till I have enough probable cause, I guess. And let's just say I suspect this guy's using heroin. I'll, I'll say that I'm doing five random drug tests, even though he's the one I know I'm going for. Mm -hmm. He's just going to be one of the five. The other ones I just really don't even care about. If I do catch them pop hot for some sort of drug, great, but... I try to make it so that I'm not trying to single somebody out. Right. How are they getting lighters into the facility? Is that another thing that they're sneaking in from like visitors or? Well, that's another thing that they'll put in those eggs. Oh, I see. Yeah. Jeez, as man. far as like big facilities go, um, all incoming packages are supposed to come through. Like if you want a book or a, a board game, you can order board games. It has to come through like Amazon so it can't be like i can't send a book to a facility they'll turn it away and send oh like it you back. can't package it, it yourself basically right got yep. it 
Okay. So they, we've come up with ways to try to prevent that. But I mean, it still happens because there is going to be as much as we don't like it. There is going to be corrupt COs out there. And it's not always that they're corrupt, but these guys, these inmates, they, they want stuff that they can't have to come in. So there's, they are very good at picking out the COs that, they could probably manipulate and inmates can be very good at manipulating. And, you know, I hate to even admit that there's corrupt CEOs out there, but you know, it happens. So what are some of the manipulation tactics that maybe you've seen or, or heard of? So there's a few ways that I've heard of, which is they just find the one that, that they, that's an easy manipulate. But uh, they could just be, hey, I got a hundred bucks. My sister will give it to you if I can get a cell phone in here, or a thousand dollars in your mailbox. I just need a package to come in. Can you get it in for me? And you know, when you throw that money factor out there, if you got a CEO that's having financial problems, you know, sometimes they can be manipulated that way. Hmm. And, uh, you know, especially in, let's just say in like big prisons where inmates are allowed to use the computer or they're given a tablet inmates, you know, nowadays people are computer literate. So it, it wouldn't really take much and it's kind of scary to think about, but that inmate could show you a picture of your son or daughter or mother or sister or anybody, and they could have you right there. Mm. Yeah, that's scary because it's they obviously still have communication with the outside world. It's yeah. easy to throw a story out there like I have someone watching this person right now or wow, right. that's scary. Yeah. Jeez. And, uh, I've 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 seen it a couple times. I haven't seen it where I'm at now. Um but in Pennsylvania I've seen it a couple times where one of the guys I went to the academy with, you know, he got kind of caught up in that and it it all started with something small because, you know, inmates aren't allowed to have gum. They, they like to use that to stick stuff to the wall. And uh, so they're not allowed to have gum. But, you know, if you can get a CEO to give you just a piece of gum, then they kind of have you, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're – and a lot of people, a lot of uh, COs are afraid of getting in trouble. So – if sometimes it could just take a piece of gum to, to, to own you. And, and then you're, you're kind of, you're kind of screwed from there. Oh, so they'll be like, yo, I'm going to tell that you gave me gum. Mm. If you don't let me get this package in. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Mm. It'll start with a piece of gum and work its way up to way worse than gum. Yeah. Jeez. So, have there ever been any, I guess, memorable incidents that you've been involved with or just kind of inside the prison wall stories? Um, two that come to mind. I remember once we just got on shift. And I remember the backup call, word for word, backup MIU 86. I think he's dead. That was always said. MIU is a medical isolation unit. So we responded pretty quickly. And this guy in the cell, he was an old guy. Like he was, he was up there and it almost looked like a scene out of like a a scary movie, not like a bloody scary, but like a, the guy was half on his bunk feet on the floor. His eyes were wide open. His mouth was open. Like he was screaming and his, his hands were up by his, his face, like, like something scared him to death and he was cold to the touch. So there's really nothing we could do for him at that point. But the look on his face was like sheer terror. Hmm. And I, that, that look on his face will always be burned into my head. Hmm. Um, and the second incident that we had, we had a, an inmate just, he dropped massive heart attack. And, uh, I was on the other side of the building doing bookings at this point. And, uh, 
keep in mind, I had just finished leg day. So my legs were a little sore. <laughs> so I had to run all the way to the other side. I got to the staircase to go downstairs and they told me to bring the AED. So now I had to run all the way back to the other side of the building, all the way back to the block so we could put the AED on them. And, uh, that was a, uh, that was an incident where I was actually very proud of not just myself, but everybody that was involved because, you know, we go through CPR training, uh, I think every two years now just to refresh up on it. But I, I'd always wondered, okay, it's one thing to do CPR training on a dummy. How is it going to be in real life situation? when there's actually a life on the line. And uh, I wish I could say that the inmate lived. We did get him to the hospital with a 5% chance to live, which according to the doctors was the best chance he could have ever had for that type of a heart attack. But just, just how everybody worked together as a team and everybody knew what to do without having to say it. It was, it was a very memorable moment. We did get a life-saving award, which wow. I thought was kind of weird because he died. Yeah. But we got him to the hospital alive, and that was kind of what mattered there. Yeah, and no, it's just there's so many aspects to the job. I think that's why it's so interesting. It's, you know, one minute we're spending all this time talking about, you know, keeping people locked up and everything you have to do, finding contraband. But then, you know, in a split second, you're responsible for saving someone's life on the spot. So there's there's right. a lot that goes into it. And uh, I was going to ask if you skipped leg day, but apparently not. So. <laughs> no, I did not. I, I'm assuming you can't in that job. And I was going to ask too, just like your physical presence. I mean, it, does that obviously play a role? I'm, I'm assuming you're, you know, you obviously work out and take that right. seriously. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things, one of the, a guy told me when I first used my field training officer, he said, you can never train too much for a job that can kill you. Yep. And, and, uh, that kind of gave me that motivation. Like, okay, I got people in here who are, are not afraid to kill because they've done it and they're not afraid to assault somebody because they've done it. So I better be in the best shape that I can be in. And that's one of the things that I try to tell anybody that gets into this job, you know, these inmates they work out every day so you got to be kind of like one step ahead you know they they got they got garbage bags that they fill with water we can go to the gym and have every piece of equipment that we need yeah yeah we have the advantage um but i try to stay i try to lift as as hard and heavy as as heavy as i can and uh on top of that just keeping up with my uh use of force training and and making sure that because you know there's use of force that's justified then there's use of force that's probably not justified so knowing that difference and being able to control how much strength i use i we what we what we try to do is uh you have what's called officer subject factors so if if i have a guy who's refusing to to lock down if it's an elderly guy who has to use a walker versus if it's a guy who's in his twenties and in good physical shape, my use of force is going to be different. Right. Right. To be able to justify why I use this much force and, or why I didn't use this much force. That's so. interesting. Is that, is that something that you learn in training? Cause I would imagine that would be super hard, especially if like adrenaline's rushing, how do you, you know, you still have to get the job done physically, but hold right. back a little bit. You're right. And that's, and that, that's why they drill that use of force training. They, they hammer it into us. Most of our academy training is, is use of force training because they want to know that. I mean, if we, if we do something wrong, it could cost the, the county or the state or whatever facility it could cost them a lot of money and it could cost me my job. So they want to know that if they hammer this into you, you're going to make the right call because you have a split second to make it. So if we overtrain you, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, was there ever a situation where you were attacked 
or like something close to that? Um, not me because I've always been, at least not that comes to mind. And I think I'd remember that, but I'm pretty sure just, I'm not trying to sound like a, like a dick when I say it, but just my physical stature generally kind of makes people think twice. Why? How big are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. It's a big dude. It's a big guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As and and when I'm when I'm in that facility and I put that uniform on, I put it on with pride and I I want to look like I know what I'm doing. And I want to, I, I, I want to make people think twice when they look at me because our first, our first, um, in use of force, our first, I'm trying to think of how to say it. Our first line of defense is officer presence. So if the situation is going down, Sometimes just you be you coming into the block is enough to make it stop. Right, right. And usually my my response with me, if I can look like I'm going to fuck you up, I, I want that in your head so that you kind of stop what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah. yeah. That's number one. That's that means no use of force. Hopefully, right. And that's that's kind of. For me, like I, hey, I love going hands on. I love it. It's a thrill. But if I can prevent it from happening, I'd rather have that option than go right to use of force. No, definitely. Um, just uh, you know, my question, um, you know, before we wrap up, like it just to be in that mindset all day for so long too, like you were mentioning 12 hour shifts and to kind of always be on edge to know that at any moment you can see some of the things that, you know, you, you've spoken about. Um, is it hard to separate that from when you leave the prison and kind of go back and just, you know, obviously live, live a life that's not inside of a prison. Right. Right. It is, you know, it, it took some adjustment at first, because you don't you don't want to take that stuff home with you, especially if you got like a family, you know. It's like if you got a like for me for my kid, if my kid needs to go in timeout, I want to put him in timeout. I don't want to say, "Hey, lock down, <laughs> <laughs> pop and squat." So, right, right, exactly. So sounds like me, good like, potty training, actually. <laughs> right, for me, like what we do, um, we we have a good group of COs that I work with and we kind of just kind of bring each other down before we leave. Most of the time it's just, we're just happy to get out of there. Right. It's been a long day, just happy to get out of there, turn it off and go home. And, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's hard for me. Like I, I love going to the gym. That's kind of my stress reliever. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people that see a therapist for it because it's, it's hard to turn that switch off. I, I think I do a pretty good job now that I've been in it for a while, but um, on night shift, we watch a lot of Joe videos on night shift, <laughs> <laughs> and that that you know we just sometimes you need to laugh, and so Joe should do he should like make an appearance for the prisoners too. All right, everyone yes. can have something in common. <laughs> I can get that set up. Well, our first live show. You constantly <laughs> do stuff like this. You do it. You always do it. You bastard. It's like, yeah, Joe's gonna uh, he's gonna crash a car on purpose. You can lock him up. He'll be in. You can, you'll take care of him. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, man, and taking the time and talking to us and giving us some insight yeah. on the world yeah, of. Yeah, uh, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, the, I definitely have a better understanding view. now yeah. too. You know. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm always like, if if there's any CEOs out there, why or anybody that wants to get into this type of work wants any questions, just slide into my DMs. Where can people find you? I, okay. So I'm not a lieutenant, but my Instagram is Lieutenant Dan 2019. Like Forrest Gump? 
Exactly. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I get called at work all the time by my coworkers. But <laughs> Lieutenant, I should say Lieutenant is abbreviated LT Dan 2019 because I don't even know how to spell Lieutenant, to be honest. With you. <laughs> uh, but he will fuck you up. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome, man. Yeah. No, anyone listening, I, I mean, I know it, that is a career choice for many. So, uh, yeah, hopefully anyone with any questions does reach out to you. But yeah, we, we really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. And uh, stay safe out there. And thank you for all that you do. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> have a good one, man. You too. See you. All right. Before we get to our final thoughts, let's get to the sponsor for today. We have Every Plate, which is America's best value meal kit. Um, Every Plate dinners are cheaper, healthier alternatives to takeout or delivery. And while other dinner options cost around $10 per serving, Every Plate is offering a five chef designed recipes uh, each week from only $4.99 per serving, okay? Recipes come together in about 30 minutes, definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store. And uh, everything is pre-portioned, <clears throat> so you never, you know, have extra stuff, and there's instructions on how to cook everything, and it says, like, the time. Uh, right here in front of me, I have some of the recipes that I had this week, my favorite being the French onion chicken breast. There was linguine italiano, and there was uh, sausage and roasted uh, pepper risotto. Okay, these were amazing, fresh ingredients also, not just like some gross, you know, whatever. This is very fresh stuff, and it's uh, easy to make as well. Also, at $4.99 per serving, like, that is absurd. I pay I pay more for literally everything. I think I paid more for a toothbrush the other day than it would cost for this serving. $4.99, Jesus. And if you want to try out every plate, um, I got some for you here. For every... Uh, for six free meals across your first three weeks and free shipping on your first delivery, go to everyplate.com and enter OPL6. Okay, you will get six free meals across your first three weeks and free shipping on your first delivery. Okay, that offer equates to one third off each of your first three boxes. All right, so check out EveryPlate. Uh, it's a cool way to get into cooking, and it's definitely uh, you know it's it's very affordable. So go check them out, EveryPlate. All right, that was cool. That guy would snap me in half. Yeah. Like a piece uh, of celery. I'd snap you in half. Well, come on. You have, <laughs> you have weak wrists. Weak wrists? Yeah, I've been I've been looking at him this whole time. What's wrong with my wrists? Look, this is an off-air discussion. All right, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, f- I feel like I know some of what I was thinking. About prison was a little exaggerated, but at which the s- one? Well, no, at mean, the same time, like not much has changed. Like no, no, no. I I don't think it has has changed much either. I mean, I'm I'm glad I asked the question of like you know, do you think it 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 gets exaggerated? Because that was something that I kind of thought about. Where I'm like, all right, from what I've been watching, and like, of course, you're only seeing TV, you're only seeing the quote unquote glamorous, meaning the violence right. part of prison. So I wanted to know, like, you know. How are there? Could there be a? Is there such thing as a good week? Yeah. Which I don't think there is, judging by his answer. And and again, that is one prison. It's very small. There's fifty, sixty inmates there, mm-hmm. so it's a, probably a little bit easier to kind of control that crowd. But um, yeah, I was curious. I was I was wondering, like, you know, is it as bad as everyone says? Not that it's easy to be there. Right. It's terrible. Like, even if there was no violence, I think it would be awful. Um, just getting the freedoms taken away, but then you add in all the violence. It's like, it's very tough, but yeah, it's just interesting. I guess it's like anything. It's like sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Yeah. And honestly, like inmates are always changing out. It's probably always, you know, mm-hmm. different vibe. It's, it's, it's crazy too, because you know, like we said earlier, it's kind of like the 911 operator that we did. This is one of those jobs that you, you don't really think about. It's like, officers you just think of police officers that drive around they give you tickets and they like you know arrest people and they show up to the scene of the crime they do, you know what i mean whatever they protect us but uh correctional officers like all right we are dealing with criminals on a day-to-day basis we are inside of a prison and we are completely outnumbered yeah. and it's like that is incredibly brave to stand in a pod with you know 50 or 30 some inmates or something and it's like you and one other guy yeah it's tough you don't know what their mindset is. You, you don't know. This what's could be the happen. day that they're like, let's just fucking riot and like yeah. kill these two guys. Like you said, I mean, he puts on his uniform and he goes to a job knowing that it can kill him. And, you know, for that alone, I, I don't know how many jobs there are that you can confidently say that. But yeah. And a lot of them are on a 
appreciate it too. I would say. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. No, I, I would, I wouldn't even have even thought about this. I mean, he he emailed us, which is great, but you just you forget that people are doing it every day. Mm. Um. Yeah, and you know, I thought it was interesting what he said. Like, th- this is just one aspect. Obviously, prison as an institution, kind of a whole nother topic, whole nother debate. <coughs> obviously of you know reform does it work and all that but you know he's there to keep the peace he's there to help inmates who need it and i I think like he said he he's viewing inmates as these a lot of these people are good people who got caught up in bad situations you know or or have certain issues that are hard to you know solve or get away from uh it, it just seemed like he had a you know he was a fun guy but like super professional attitude also um yeah well i mean judging from what he said like you you know you kind of learn and this is something i didn't really necessarily think about either is when um you can you can be a little lenient and have some sort of humanity towards inmates but there's a certain there's a thin line that you can't cross because like you said it starts with a piece of gum and then it just unravels yeah uh, because now they have you by the balls and you're like fuck and now you're working for the inmates yeah you know so it's like you know, to find that good balance. I mean, and obviously the fact that he's self-aware of that line that you can't cross yeah. just goes to show like, you know, what kind of CO he is. Mm. And I'm glad he said that he finds the excitement in it too, because I, I feel like you'd be lying if you didn't, if you went into that job and the, the force aspect, the confrontational aspect doesn't excite you. Like, yeah, there, it has there has, to, it's like, it has like to play a role. Joining the army or something. Like there's or else why would you go every day, aspect. you know? Yeah, I don't think it's what you hope for, but you have to be prepared for that. And yeah, not that he's going to enjoy it, but it's 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 an adrenaline rush. Like it's there's no mm-hmm. denying that. There's, there's a reason, even just as spectators, we find the idea of prison and all those things so interesting. I, mean, I could watch Shawshank every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> what that guy did in that movie... It's so fucking impossible. The escape? Yeah, dude. This guy like carved a hole into his wall. But I feel like I would figure that out. Oh, give me a fucking break. I would come up with some creative stuff. The Dorito bag thing is insane. Yeah, that's that's that is that is crafty. I want to like lock myself in a room for a week and just I don't know make things like. Okay, Greg. That's I'm not good. gonna do it. You're but. so ridiculous. It's insane. No, but that come on, how interesting is that? No, it's very interesting, and I think that there's some genius there to yeah, think of these there things. There has to be, you know, it's yeah, wild. just just a, that level of creativity and just like problem solving. Like I, I yeah. need to find a solution to this thing. Like I need to make it look like there's it a is interesting. in here. I will find a way. Dorito, but who would have thought? Yeah, and it's it's probably just this constant back and forth between like the prison staff and the inmates of, okay, they figured this out. Now we need a solution. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be preemptive too, like figuring out how to do checks and searches and things like that. But it's just, it's got to just be a concept back and forth. We're going to set these rules. They're going to break it. Now we have to set new ones. Wow. It's not a place I want to be. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely don't want to be there. Although I will say Shawshank is a great movie. <laughs> yeah see now you're thinking about it no i'm not so you're not going to do a show there's no way this guy could make a hole in, with, into a pipe with a rock and then climb through shit for like whatever it was <sighs> it was like the 30s or something doesn't matter steel was steel weak pipes no weak yeah, pipes. Was, if anything we're still using the same pipes from then so that yeah. was like pipes at its prime yeah prime right. pipe <laughs> this is off the rails climbing through shit get out of here kid <coughs> It's cool though. We'll cut that cough out. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, uh, very interesting episode. It was a cool guy. Um, and that was our uh, trip to prison. That was our trip. I to feel prison. like we just like everyone who's listening was just like holding hands. Yeah, it was like a, an like episode a of Beyond Scared, <laughs> uh, Beyond Scared Straight. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Oh, we should have asked him to use his like his mean voice on no us. bro that's such a weird thing to ask someone no, hey can you do I me a favor and yell at me and intimidate <laughs> me like the fuck you weirdo you don't say that no we got phone sexed so nothing's weird after that yeah no but you keep trying to make everyone like <laughs> phone sex us basically it's like yo, some can you, version of yeah sex. some version of their their uh their job like <laughs> oh can you do that on us you know uh something else greg um I love how you volunteer, like, oh, yeah, Joel, go in there and meet all the prisoners, as if, like, that would be, like, a fucking 
I said, we, I think we should do a live show there. Test no. it out. No, I'm not doing that. No, we could do it actually. That'd be <laughs> awesome. I mean, you know, talk about other people's lives. I feel like every inmate would be a, a, like a serviceable guest. You know, they have a crazy story, bro. <sighs> That's it right there. Wow. Yeah. One whole season, maybe just a new new inmate every episode and just get their story. Other, like other inmates' podcast. lives. Yeah. Other inmates' lives. There you go. Yeah, we'll keep you guys posted. That would be a good podcast idea. Oh, we're giving this away. Just interviewing um, inmates. There is, this is a plug, Ear Hustle great podcast if you haven't listened they actually record it in a prison one oh. of the inmates is a co-host and they always talk to to prisoners and just kind of go through what daily life is damn that's source. fire it's really interesting we could, we could put our spin on it that's true <laughs> um anyway if you guys want to follow me on instagram it's at joe santagato go follow our instagram also opl podcast oh, check yeah. that out video clips video clips on there and uh, if you want to contact us and message us because you think you uh, have something interesting for the show, you can go to OPLshow.com slash contact. There's a form. You fill it out. Send it to us. And uh, if it works for the show, we'll hit you up. Special request. If you're listening and you ever were an inmate in prison, super down to hear your side of the story. Oh, yeah. Hit us well. up. If you were, yes, a prisoner who would. I was going to say who escaped, but you can get out. You can just do your time. <laughs> if you escaped, you probably don't want to yeah. come on the show. We'll keep you anonymous. We'll change your voice. So yeah. That's fine. Uh, if you're an escaped prisoner, definitely want to talk to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me at Greg Dybeck. Uh, follow the show on Twitter also at OPL Show. And leave us a rating and a review. Mm. And thank you very much. That's all. See you guys next time. Mm-hmm.